Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George. Hey, welcome to Leading Simple. My name is Rusty George. I'm your host today. There was a podcast I listened to years ago called How I Built This. And it is a collection of podcasts that walk through different entrepreneurs and how they built their companies. And it was fascinating. And it's still going on. And I've kind of lost track of it. But I really love some of the insights that I got from it. And I was thinking about how I learned a lot from people's successes. And kind of the tip of the iceberg. And you don't really see everything below the waterline. But you see the success. But I learned more from people's failures. I learned what people did wrong and how they got to where they are through a series of failures. I think it was Thomas Edison that talked about how, yes, he invented the light bulb, and the only way he did that is he failed at it uh, a thousand times before that. So it's our failures that often make us into uh, who we are. It's a lot of trial and error. So I was thinking about that concept of sharing some of our failures, and I've had a chance to speak at different staffs and churches and uh, organizations, and, and I like to share some of our successes, but what I really like to share is how we missed it. Things that we messed up on, mistakes that we've made, and things that we've learned as a result of it. In fact, I did a talk at an organization back in the fall of 2020. One, and I shared some of the things that we did wrong, some of the things that we learned, and some of the things that we did right. Got a lot of great feedback from people on things that they learned through that conversation. So I thought, I need to be more vulnerable of some of the stuff that we've done wrong along the way, some of the mistakes that we've made. So a few episodes ago, episode 191, I shared my first ever how I broke this, rather than how I built this, but how I broke this. I think you get my drift there. And I talked about staff hiring, some of the mistakes that I've made along the way. And if you missed that, you can go back and listen to that one. But today I want to give you another one. And that is how I broke this. It has to do with staff culture. I think if there is a buzzword in our leadership circles right now, it is the term culture. We talk about it a lot. We hear about it a lot. We hear that's why people are leaving companies and organizations, which this is a great time for me to tell you about who's sponsoring our podcast today, which is leader.com. Leader.com, L-E-A-D-R.com is a great platform that works to help your organization minimize the fallout. Because people leave organizations, not because they don't like the organization or the vision, but because they don't feel valued. They have a problem with their leader. And so we've been working with leader now for the last few months, and we've had great success in kind of prioritizing one-on-one meetings, understanding goals and metrics, and how to add value to our employees. I think you'll really benefit from them as well. Check them out, L-E-A-D-R, it's leader without the second E, dot com, and find out more about this great platform. Well, we're grateful for them sponsoring uh, our podcast, but we're more grateful that we get to partner with them in the resources they provide because the issue of staff culture is so huge right now. In fact, when you hear sports stories of teams that have succeeded and teams that have failed, it really has a lot to do with culture. I remember hearing Barry Melrose on ESPN talk about why the hockey teams that uh, survive and win the cup It's really a result of they really like each other. He said, you think about it. You've got all these games to play during the year. It's a brutal sport. Everybody's exhausted. Why would you want to keep playing in the playoffs if you don't like each other? 
If you like each other, if you have good culture, then people want to keep playing and they want to be around each other. Those are the teams that usually win. I think that can be said about any professional sports team or college sports team and certainly any business. If your employees dread coming to work, if your employees hate the culture that they're in, if there is a sense on your team of backbiting and working against each other and silos and gossip, then they're not going to be interested in being there. And we want our people at our locations, at our church, to feel like they love what we do and they love who they get to do this with. They love being on this team. Now, let's be honest. People are people, right? We all make mistakes. We all have different numbers on the Enneagram. We have different personalities. Some of us are introverts. Some of us are extroverts and drive everyone crazy. I mean, all of us have different things we bring to the table. So the culture in which your staff operates is so huge. Is it a culture of fun? Is it a culture of execution? Is it a culture of results first? Is it a culture of joy? Is it a culture of encouragement or enthusiasm? These are all questions to ask because the question that we really have to wrestle with is what is the culture we want and what is the culture we have? So I want to talk a little bit more about this issue of staff culture. No guests today, just me sharing my failures and how I broke this. Years ago, I read a book by the great basketball coach, Pat Riley. For those who don't know, Pat was the mastermind behind the Showtime Lakers. He also went on to coach the New York Knicks and then the Miami Heat, and now he continues to serve as the president for the Miami Heat. This guy knows a thing or two about culture. He writes in his book, The Winner Within, about this moment when he was with the New York Knicks when he realized the entire locker room was divided. And so here's what he did. He set up the room in the locker room with chairs clustered together with the cliques that were on the team. When people came in for their team meeting, he had a group of three, a group of four, a group of two, and one just over there in the corner by himself. He made them all sit down and assign seats. And he said, this is what our team looks like. You three are over here, and you won't talk to these four over here. You two are over here, and all you do is tear down those three over there. And you over there in the corner, you're all alone and don't care about anybody else but yourself. He said, this was the moment that began to change their culture. They discovered that if they're going to win, they have to be united. And so, he decided to share this illustration with them in a very stunning way to remind them how to come back together. It brought great results for them. And had it not been for the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan, they probably would have won a title. So when I read this, I thought, boy, that is such a powerful metaphor. Here's what I noticed with our staff at Real Life Church. Before we moved in the building, we were one unit. We were solid. We were eight pastors, a few administrative staff, and we were running on all cylinders, and we were connected, and we were loyal, and we were great teammates of one another. We had fun, we had laughter, and we saw great success. But when we moved in the building, we exploded in growth so fast, we had to start hiring as quickly as possible. And suddenly, a staff of about 12 people turned into a staff of about 40 quickly. 
Hey, let's hit pause on the conversation for just a second. Today and this month, we are sponsored by Leader.com. Harvard Business Review tells us that 70% of the reason a person leaves their job is because of their relationship with their manager. Leader helps managers lead better through effective one-on-one meetings that drive outcomes and help each employee feel cared for and developed. So we have been using this at Real Life and it is a wonderful tool. It's a platform that you can use with all of your team members and it really helps keep you engaged. Make sure you check out Leader, L-E-A-D-R, so you drop that second E, dot com. Leader.com to find out more. Now, back to the show. And suddenly a staff of about 12 people turned into a staff of about 40 quickly. And I began to notice that there was tension amongst the staff, creating a very unhealthy culture of silos, of blaming, of condemning, of looking down upon, of working around. And I just decided, what's the issue? And the issue was the difference between those who were here before the building and those who moved onto our staff after the building. So I remembered this story from Pat Riley, and I thought, I'm going to do that. So we had staff meeting one day, and people came in, and I had assigned seats, and I put them into two different halves of the room. One half was for those that had been here before the building, and the other half was for people who'd been hired since we moved in the building. And I didn't tell them what it was. And they sat down, and I asked everybody, do you know what the difference is between the two groups in the room? People thought... A few guesses were made, a few jokes were made, and finally, one individual said, those who were hired before the building and those who were hired after. I said, bingo. I used my illustration. I addressed both sides of the room. I talked to those who were here uh, before the building, and I said, I'm so grateful for all you have done, but we need these new employees. We need their input, so please listen to them. I talked to those who we hired after the building, and I said, I'm so grateful you've joined this, but you need to know what this other group has sacrificed. They've worked tirelessly. They've taken less pay. Some have mortgaged their homes to give to the building fund so we could even be here today. Please value them. We watched a clip from Remember the Titans. We sang a couple worship songs. We held hands and we prayed. People cried and hugged and it was wonderful. And things got so much better for about three days. And people went back to being the same way. And here's why. Because just because you have a motivational talk doesn't mean you've changed the culture. And here's what I noticed was that there was a nature that came from the top down, and that started with me. I discovered there were three things about my leadership that was hurting our culture. The first one was this. I believed for people to work well, they must all like me. I know, we all want to be liked. But I believed that for everybody to get along, then they must like me. And so oftentimes I would avoid the hard conversations. I would use sarcasm against somebody else as a way to deflect. I would do anything to get a laugh. And then I would often neglect the things that needed to be said. That didn't help our culture. I also believed a second thing, which was everyone must agree. And so we would have meetings, and I wouldn't let them leave the room until we all agreed on the same thing. But the reality is, is we don't have to all agree on the same thing. We just have to have the right goal. If we've got the right goal, then we can disagree about whether or not we think it's the best goal. If it's the goal, we're all going to execute. 
and I was trying to get everybody to like me and everybody to agree on every single thing. And it's just not going to happen. The third thing was, is I really believed that everybody must be happy all the time. And I would use humor as a way to make people not just laugh, but smile and hopefully feel better. And then I would feel better. And I would make jokes at other people's expense and my own expense. And, and for those that were here before the building, I would laugh with them about the new people and the new people about the old people and back and forth just to try to make people happy. I'd give people raises who didn't deserve it, but just to keep them smiling, give them positions that they didn't need, but in order to make them happy. And all the while, I was disrupting our culture, our culture of actually loving what we do, having a clear vision of what we're trying to accomplish in order to just keep everyone happy all the time. I mean, think about if Coach Riley had done that with his players made them all happy by trying to give them as much playing time as they wanted. Well, there's not enough minutes on the court to satisfy every single person. And so because of all of that, I really broke our staff culture. And despite my great metaphor and monumental motivational talk, it didn't work. But here's what did work. We empowered our team to come up with the rules of how we do work together. Rather than me just getting up and telling them to get along, rather than me telling them, here's what our values are, I said, what do you think matters most about how we work together? What's the most important when it comes to our culture? We came up with five statements. In fact, we refer to them as our we statements because they all start with the word we. And here they are. Number one, we keep it real. We live out our mission, our vision, and values in a fresh, fun, energetic way. We are authentic, transparent, and true to one another so that we can be irresistible to those who need our help. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is, am I being real? Here's the second one. We assume the best. We understand the importance of a pure heart, giving grace to those who need it, asking forgiveness from those we've hurt, and sharing the truth in a kind and gentle and loving way. So we ask ourselves, who should I give grace? Here's the third one we came up with. We work as a team. We know a great team works best when it works together. Founded upon trust, engagement, accountability, and mutual respect, we continually strive to make everything we do better. So the question is, who am I helping when? Here's the fourth one. We take care of ourselves. Here's what we mean by that. We believe that our spiritual, physical, and emotional health is up to us. We work harder on ourselves than we do on our job so that we may be blessed to be a blessing. So the question is, where do I need to grow? And finally, we are open to change. We realize ministry is a gift and it is temporary. So we hold our hands open to new growth opportunities to humbly serve in whatever way God has planned for us. So the question is, what do I need to release? Well, I can't tell you that everything changed overnight, but I can tell you that when we had shared ownership of our staff culture, it definitely began to turn the ship. We began to use these phrases often with each other. We began to honor people who demonstrated these in our staff meetings. We began to uh, put these up on the walls in our workplaces and put them on uh, little cards on our uh, computers so we could constantly look at them and remember them. And we refer to these often in our hiring process and in our one-on-ones. 
it began to change our staff culture. And it started when we all defined what the kind of culture is we wanted to work in. Well, I like to think that we're better off now than we were then. I made a mess of things and thought I could fix it with just one good pep talk, but you can't. It works best when you have shared ownership for the culture you want to create. I hope this was helpful in learning how I broke something so you don't have to suffer that as well. Well, next week, we're going to be back to talk with one of my favorite people in the world. He's a guy that I've worked with for years and now has launched his own company that helps churches grow. His name is Kay Chung. He works with Growmentum, and they're an up-and-coming consulting company that has helped us and countless others do great things. I know you're going to love to hear from him. Today, we've been sponsored by leader.com, L-E-A-D-R.com, a great platform. I'm so grateful for their help and sponsorship over the last month, and we look forward to you working with them and the blessing you will find from that as well. Thanks for joining us today. Share this with a friend. Let them know the mistakes I've made, and I look forward to talking to you next week. As always, keep it simple. Well, thanks so much for listening. As always, please leave us a review, rate the podcast. That would be fantastic. Really help us out as we continue to try to encourage people to find us. In fact, for every review written, you will be entered into a contest we'll be doing at the end of the summer as we do a massive giveaway. So start reviewing the podcast right now. That would be fantastic. And you will be entered into that particular contest. Hey, next week, I get to have a conversation with two of my favorite people in the world, Kay Chung and Lee Coates, as they talk about their amazing up-and-coming rocket ship of a company called Growmentum that is there to serve you. So make sure that you check us out next week. Share this with a friend. And as always, keep it simple. Take a moment and subscribe to the podcast so you'll get it delivered every week. And subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel for more devotionals, messages, and fun videos. Thank you for listening to Leading Simple.